Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Hello and welcome back if you're a regular listener to the show. A very warm welcome if you're a first-time listener. This podcast has been created to help leaders in higher education. My aim is to create a community of listeners who can learn and grow together. To do this, I need your help. The more people that download, subscribe, rate and review this show, the more the podcast algorithms will ensure it pops up across the globe. I love the community we have created so far and together with your help, we can encourage even more people to join us. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dive Deep Climb High podcast. Today, I'm going to be taking a look back at three guest episodes. Episode 30, Burn Bright, Not Out, with Donna Smith. Episode 31, The Cost of Generational Diversity, with Neerja Singh. And episode 32, Communicate with Impact, Patrick Donadio. As always, these were three fascinating conversations filled with moments of reflection and tips that we can use to help us as we move forward on our leadership journey. Let's dive in. Donna's episode, Burn Bright, Not Out. My goodness, didn't she have a story to tell? Her own personal experience of burnout that literally took her off her feet. And that is why now she is so passionate about spreading her message and ensuring that none of us experience burnout like she did. In her episode, we looked at some of the common symptoms that we might experience if we are experiencing burnout or getting close to it. And the one that stood out for me was that one where we know that we are reacting differently to things that ordinarily we'd have taken in our stride. I just can't cope is another phrase that she said is a really good indication that we may be getting close to burnout. And that is one that I have used several times. Although if I look back on my life, have I experienced burnout? No, I probably haven't. I've been very fortunate. And so how do we combat that? If we know that we're getting close to burnout or we're feeling really run down, what can we do? Well, Donna's key piece of advice is to start to take just five minutes for ourselves. We all have such busy lives and as leaders, it can often feel like we have to look after everybody else. We put everyone else before ourselves. But actually, 
Donna says we need to reverse that psychology. We need to make time for ourselves so that we can then look after other people. But how hard is that? When we've got deadlines to meet, we've got what happens in our professional life, we've got what's happening in our personal life. All of these pressures on us can mean that the last person we think about is ourselves. So how would it be for you if you took just five minutes a day to do something that would bring you joy? Maybe it's just turning off social media and all forms of communication and in just enjoying five minutes of silence. Maybe it's taking a walk in nature. Whatever it is, Donna suggests that this is a first step towards ensuring that you don't suffer burnout. Now, how difficult would that be for you to do? Perhaps you're doing it already, in which case I'm sure Donna would be saying, extend that time, maybe to 10, 15, 20 minutes, even half an hour or an hour a day. I certainly know that when I give myself space and time, not only do I feel better for it, but great ideas come in as well. And just last week, I was on a masterclass which was talking about clearing out so that new things can come in. And I think as a leader, we really need to be creating that space for ourselves. So that was one of her recommendations, but her podcast conversation was full of brilliant statements that really resonated for me. Donna talked about how she is a reformed people pleaser. And that's so important. I think many of us can resonate with that idea that we are people pleasers not only in our personal lives, but in our professional lives as well. How many times do you stop yourself from doing something that is challenging because deep down you don't want to upset the person or people that you're working with? So many of my coaching clients go through this challenge and I do too. None of us really want to ever not be liked. So we have to reframe it. It's not about being a people pleaser. I often say to people, do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? And if we want to be respected, then we necessarily need to deal with those difficult and challenging conversations that in our head could mean that we were no longer a people pleaser. But we need to do that. As leaders, that is one of the jobs that we have to step up and do. Think about it. Is being a people pleaser getting you what you want, both personally and professionally? Is being a people pleaser helping you to be more effective at work? Or is it hindering you? Only you know the answer to that. And finally, Donna's other words of wisdom. No is a complete sentence. Boy, oh boy, how many of us struggle with that word No. Saying no to our manager. Saying no to our partners, our friends, our family. Donna again had a really good hack for dealing with no. And that's to explain why you're saying no. So often we get tied up in, oh my goodness, I can't possibly say no. 
If there is a reason why, and we give that reason to people, then more often than not, they're completely understanding. So your boss is wanting a document from you, but you've got all of these other key priorities that mean that you can't do that. Or if you do say yes, then you're just going to be increasing your likelihood of getting to burnout. So saying no, and here are the reasons why, is actually a really positive thing to do. Or perhaps it's, I can't do it right now because I have A, B and C to do, but I can get it to you in three weeks time, two weeks time, whatever it might be. So there are ways and we need as leaders to get comfortable with saying no. Oh my goodness, so much from Donna's episode. And then we move on to episode 31, the cost of generational diversity with Nirja Singh. Oh my goodness, what a powerful and moving story. Nirja is no doubt on a personal mission to help us all understand the impact of generational diversity. I was blown away by her candidness as she shared the story of her daughter, who just less than a year ago died by suicide. Unbelievably moving. A lady that is now on a mission and speaks with such honesty about the journey that she's been on and how she wants to help others from going down that same path. She admits that much of it is in hindsight, but she is using that hindsight to help others, to help us understand how as people that work with the younger generation, whether that be in our teams or the students that we work with, or even in our role as parents, how we need to better understand that next generation. Many of us talk about the generations. I know my parents say, oh, you have it so much easier than we had it. And we're probably, I'm probably saying that about my children. It's appreciating perhaps their life isn't as easy as we think it is. Nija certainly has that perspective now that perhaps the life her mother had was actually more simple than the life her daughter had. And we think that because the younger generation now have many more options, that makes life easier. But actually, as Nija says, that creates more confusion. Nija also had some other fantastic tips. Think before we speak. How many of us just dive in and we're so driven by our need to achieve, we assume that everybody else is the same, but perhaps they're not. And that can be putting a pressure on people that they don't need. And finally, I absolutely love this concept. People have four parents, their biological parents, Google and their peers. That is so, so true. If I take a look at my 19-year-old daughter, of course she will speak to me as her mum and her dad about things that are going on for her. But so much more, she will talk to her friends to see what they think. But she will also Google what is out there and social media. 
and that creates a real pressure. Having two parents is pressured enough, but having four, well, that doubles it and some, I would say. So I think it's just about understanding the environment that our young people are working in and being mindful of the pressures that perhaps they are experiencing that we never did. And perhaps understanding that, yes, we may be using social media. I do use social media, but I don't use it in the same way that my daughters do. So much for us to think about as leaders and as parents and as the older generation that are here to pave the way for the younger generation so that they can succeed and thrive. And finally, Patrick. Patrick Donadio, episode 32, Communicate with Impact. I loved chatting to Patrick and his episode was just full of tip after tip after tip about how we can communicate with impact. A phrase that I love to use is, we cannot not communicate. That phrase was coined by Paul Watzlawick. And I guess the essence of it is even if we're not speaking or writing, we are communicating with people. And therefore, we need to communicate with impact. Every project that I have ever worked on, communication has been part of the problem, but also part of the solution. And interestingly, it's never about the amount of communication. We communicate all the time, but it's how we communicate. And that's why Patrick's process, Impact, is so helpful. Now, in the conversation, we looked at the first three parts of the impact process. I for intention, M for method and message, and P for personal. If you want to find out more about the second part of the process, ACT, then I recommend you go to the show notes and follow all the links because Patrick has been very, very generous with the information he has shared with us. But I took so much from our conversation. When we communicate, the first thing we need to do is consider our intention. How many times, now be honest, how many times do you get an email into your inbox and you just bang out a response because they've hit a nerve or there's something that you don't like or you're in a meeting and somebody says something that triggers you. Well, what Patrick is saying in this first stage is we need to take a step back. We need to take a breath and we need to think about what the intention is in our communication. As Patrick says, this is the first step, but one that so many people miss out and it would be so helpful if we could just think about this a little bit more often because then it might not get us into the situations that cause stress and tension and we find ourselves in a bit of a pickle. The second point was about message and method. As Patrick said, there are so, so many ways that we can communicate now. And it's not just thinking about what is my preferred method, but actually what is the preferred method of the recipient. And this ties in very much to the next part of the process, which is personal. 
How can you personalize it to the recipient? I know that for me, I always try and use the language of the person I'm communicating with. One of my pet hates in an email correspondence is using the word hey. But I have clients that send me a message that says hey Mel. So I need to respond in the same way. There was so, so much packed into this. And communication is something that we do every day. And whilst there are many aspects of leadership that we can pick and choose where we want to improve, I would say that all of us are on a journey to keep improving our communication because communication is key. And even though I probably knew a lot of what Patrick was saying, it was a helpful reminder. It was a helpful reminder to me. And I think from those three processes that we looked at, the most important was remembering that when we communicate, it's not about us, but it's how the recipient interprets the message that we give. It isn't about what we want to say, it's the impact and the outcome. And really it is the recipient that decides that. That's a potted overview of three fantastic episodes. If there's one that resonates for you, then go back and take a listen to the full conversation because there will be many more hints, tips, points of reflection for you to work through. And that's the interesting thing about leadership. As I sit here now, having recorded 32 fantastic episodes, I'm blown away by the golden nuggets that have been brought up. But it's impossible for us to implement them all. My aim in creating this podcast is for you to reflect on what's most important to you in your leadership journey right now. What are the improvements that you want to make? What are the areas that you want to learn more about, understand more, get better at? Leadership is not about changing who you are. It's taking incremental baby steps to take the potential that you have within you and keep improving and growing. With all of these three guest episodes, they provided a door for you to open and go into. And that's what we do as leaders. We should be providing opportunities and opening doors for our team to walk through, to explore. The other thing is to remember that whilst we can do that, we can create the opportunities, we can open the doors. We can't change anybody else. We can't make our team walk through that door or take that opportunity or change. Only they can do that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can do leadership in a world of can't.